everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we are talking about the case of Amelia Carr. Today's case is a bizarre love triangle between Amelia Carr, Josh Fulgham and Heather Strong. Now I first came across this case a very, very long time ago. I was watching interviews on the Tiffany Cole case, which I haven't uploaded yet on the podcast, which I will do very soon. But Tiffany Cole was the youngest woman on death row or one of the youngest women on death row. And she was sat alongside another woman. And that woman's name was Amelia Carr. And at that time, Amelia Carr was the youngest woman on death row. And I always wondered, like, what the hell did she do? So I made a note of her name and I just thought, okay, I'm going to cover that case at some point because she must have done something absolutely crazy to be one of the youngest women, if not the youngest woman on death row. And I finally decided to dig a little bit deeper into the case. And all I can say is, wow, this case is so much crazier and messier than I ever even realized. Amelia ended up in a love triangle that at one point even became a love square. And the level of drama that results from this love triangle slash love square is just on another level. The drama in today's case, it feels scripted. It's just one of those cases where it's like, okay, what reality show is this? And then this bizarre love triangle ended up setting off an unbelievable chain of events, which ended in terrible tragedy and ultimately resulted in Amelia Carr becoming the youngest woman on death row. And that is what we are going to be talking about today. So let's dive in. Amelia Carr was born on the 4th of August, 1984, making her a Leo. And she grew up in the town of McIntosh in Florida, where she lived with her parents, her two older siblings, and then her younger sister. Now, sometimes I do feel like a broken record because I feel like so many of these cases start the same where I say, and this person didn't have a very good childhood, but it's just so common in these cases. And again, Amelia didn't have a good childhood. And I do need to give a warning. We are going to be touching not too many details but we are going to be touching on child sexual abuse because from a very young age Amelia did suffer horrendous sexual abuse. This abuse started when she was only four years old and the sexual abuse was from the hands of her own father and grandfather, which sexual abuse anyway is like the worst of the worst. But the fact that it's coming from her own father and her own grandfather, two people in this world that should be protecting her. Oh, it's just absolutely horrendous. It's horrible. Now, thankfully, not too long after the sexual abuse started, authorities were made aware of what was going on. And Amelia's father was arrested on charges of child molestation. Just her father, not her grandfather. I don't know if the authorities didn't know about her grandfather, but it's just her father. But at least one of them. All four kids were taken into social services away from the home. Amelia's dad was ordered to undergo a court-ordered program to fix him, which is 
honestly ridiculous. It's like, okay, make someone go on a program, but please send them to prison. If they are abusing a child, if they are sexually abusing a child, they need to go to prison. However, Amelia's father, he underwent this uh, court order program and they thought, you know what? He's fixed. He doesn't need to go to prison. No prison time whatsoever. But that is not the most frustrating thing about this. So the father was allowed to return home and then all four children were returned back to the home. What, what, what? All four children are being returned to a home where the father has been sexually abusing at least one of the children, make it make sense. And the worst happened because as soon as all four children, which obviously included Amelia, as soon as all four children returned back to the home, the sexual abuse started again. It's just so, so frustrating. So now throughout the whole of Amelia's childhood and her teenagers, both her father and her grandfather continued to sexually abuse her. The authorities turned a blind eye. They thought that the father was fixed. But also Amelia's own mother turned a blind eye. She knew what was going on and she didn't do anything about it. Amelia has described the anxiety and the terror she would feel most nights when she went to bed because she would hear the floorboards creak outside of her room and she knew that it was her dad. It was her grandfather coming in to abuse her. So like I said, this abuse carried on until her teenage years. Now, Amelia, as a teenager, she tried to keep it together. She tried to act normal at school. She tried to pretend that what was going on at home wasn't happening. And she really focused on her schoolwork and she was really intelligent. She had an IQ of 125. She was an honor roll student and she just thought she needed to make the best out of her life. And throwing herself into education was going to make her life better because it could get her out of the situation situation that she was in. So when Amelia turned 15 years old, the abuse was still going on. But something very significant happened that actually helped Amelia finally break free of the abuse. Because Amelia started to think that her younger sister, Milagro, who was 13 at the time, so she was two years younger, she thought that her younger sister was also being sexually abused. Amelia and Milagro were incredibly close. Milagro was born with 13 birth defects and Amelia just felt so protective over her younger sister because let's face it no one else is going to protect that children in that house so Amelia almost took on that responsibility and as soon as she found out that possibly her younger sister was also being abused she was like no no I can't handle this and Amelia finally snapped and she went to a school administrator and told them what was happening and she was extremely brave because let's face it the authorities had failed her the first time so as soon as the school learn of the abuse, Amelia's dad was arrested once again. And this time he was actually charged and he was going to trial, which is progress from the last time. And it wasn't looking good for Amelia's dad. Oh no, no, because pretty much Amelia's family, especially Amelia herself, her mother and her grandmother, they were all set to give evidence in the trial against Amelia's father. So finally, Amelia's mother is stepping up. And because because they had evidence and eyewitness testimony, it was looking like Amelia's dad was going to go to prison and probably for a very long time. And this is where it just gets completely unbelievable because it's like, what the hell? This really does just feel like a film, like a plot line for a film. So Amelia's dad was sat in a jail cell awaiting trial and he was thinking, mm -mm. 
No, I'm not going to go to prison. No, I am not going to allow this to happen. He wanted to take fate into his own hands, which is ironic, isn't it? Because you know what? Why didn't you just think like that in the first place and maybe not sexually abuse your daughter? But hey-ho. So Amelia's father was thinking, you know what? I'm going to kill my entire family. And I'm not even joking there. He decided to hire a hitman to kill his daughter, Amelia, his wife, so Amelia's mom, and then his mother-in-law. Murder is not the answer, people. It, it's not the answer. He actually did get that far into the process hiring a hitman on his family. However, it would turn out that the hitman that he had hired was actually an undercover cop, which, oh my God, karma. And I would have loved to have seen his face when he was told that the hitman was actually an undercover cop. So you would think, okay, so he has been sexually abusing his daughter for well over a decade, possibly even sexually abusing the younger daughter as well. And now he has hired a hitman to kill three members of his family. Surely this man is going to prison for the rest of his life. But you would be mistaken. He was only given four years in prison, even though that is incredibly frustrating. One good thing did come out of him at least going to prison for four years, and that is Amelia was able to get away from the abuse finally. But more importantly to Amelia, her sister was also away from the abuse as well. So for the first time in her life, things were actually looking pretty good for Amelia. She loved photography. She actually started to get involved in modeling. She had also joined an armed forces program and she just seemed to be getting her life on track. However, heartbreakingly for Amelia, she had gone through so much. She had suffered through so much trauma and she was struggling. Something that Amelia really struggled with is she felt incredibly guilty about sending her own dad to prison. But then Amelia also had a lot of anger and rage towards her mom for allowing her dad to abuse her, for not stepping in, for not defending her at any point. She had a lot of conflicting emotions and she was dealing with so much. She also felt incredibly guilty that it was her that broke up the family, even though it wasn't, of course, it was her dad. But Amelia still felt that it was her fault why the family had broken up. So in the end, she walked out of her mom's house and she bounced around various foster homes. She also dropped out of high school and then when she turned 17 she fell pregnant with her first child. Now she was only 17 so she is under the age of consent. I don't know what the age of consent is for the whole of the US but clearly in Florida it is 18 and the father of her baby was quite a bit older. I don't know his exact age but I know he was quite a bit older so he obviously would get in trouble because you know he's clearly groomed her because she's very vulnerable let's not be around the bush there so Amelia to try and protect the father of her child she ended up marrying him so he couldn't go to prison which uh is not a good reason to get married no and the marriage as you can probably imagine was doomed from the beginning and it wasn't long until they did get divorced following this, Amelia just jumped from one relationship to the next. And I do feel so sorry for her. I really do. My heart really does break for Amelia at this point because she's so vulnerable. She's been through so much and she's getting into a string of relationships with men that are not good for her. From these other relationships, Amelia ended up having two more children from two different men. She even started to get involved with criminal activity. Amelia actually got a 
criminal record for helping her husband commit grand theft of exotic birds, which is a very bizarre crime. And then by the age of 21, Amelia finds herself with three children and a single mom. And Amelia realized that she needed to kind of settle down. She needed to get her life on track because she was not going down a good path. So she got her GED. She became a certified massage therapist and she started earning a very good income. She was able to provide for her family and things were just going well for her. And then it was at this point in Amelia's life that she she got introduced to a couple that is very significant in today's case, and that is Josh Fulgham and Heather Strong. And this is where everything just, uh, oh God, gets even more messy because how messy has this case been already? So Heather and Josh were a couple in their early 20s. They were both approximately three years older than Amelia, and they had been in a relationship for a very long time. They were high school sweethearts. Josh Fulgham was born on the 16th of August 1981, making him a Leo. Yep, there is another Leo. Josh had grown up in Mississippi and just like Amelia, he had a very, very difficult childhood. When Josh was approximately seven years old, his mom brought home a new boyfriend and he was a terrible violent abuser. He would beat seven-year-old Josh until he was black and blue. Josh suffered multiple head injuries. He had to repeat multiple grades. At one point, he was even pulled out of school altogether. And then just as he was entering his teenage years, possibly the worst thing happened to him and that was his grandmother passed away. And Josh was was probably the closest to his grandmother out of everyone in his life. And I think it was his grandmother's death that was almost the final straw for him and his life just seemed to spiral out of control. He turned to drugs and alcohol as coping mechanisms and he soon fell into a life of crime. He was committing arson and burglary. There was one time where he was caught. He was breaking into someone's home to steal their guns. So Josh, he's obviously only a teenager, he is in and out of juvie all of the time. And it was when Josh was 16, he had just been released from one of his stints in juvie that he met fellow 16-year-old Heather Strong. Heather was such a caring person. Everything that she did, she always did with a smile on her face. She was always willing to help people out. And Heather was incredibly popular. She had a lot of friends. And it was when Heather was 16, she was waitressing and she met 16-year-old Josh Fulgham and they hit it off pretty much immediately. They became incredibly close very quickly. They were seeing a lot of each other. It was very intense. It was teenage love. And not long after they started dating, something incredibly traumatic happened to Heather because she was apparently sexually assaulted by a family member. And I don't know who the family member was, but she needed to leave her home. So even though they hadn't been dating for long, Josh and Josh's mom opened up their doors to Heather and Heather moved in with Josh. Josh, and they became so close, Heather, Josh, and Josh's mom. And by the time the pair were 18, Heather had fallen pregnant. And they welcomed their first child, Josh, settled down. He got a job building and setting up trailers. The two of them could actually afford to move out and live on their own. And things were great. Everything seemed perfect. But unfortunately, as we know, things do not stay like that because Josh, pretty much when they moved out, he discovered crystal meth and his life spiraled 
fast. His whole world now revolved around meth. He lost his job, which meant that the family didn't have any money. So he started to deal drugs on the side to fund his drug habit, but that wasn't enough to satisfy his addictions. So he actually started to cook crystal meth himself. But not only was he addicted to crystal meth, it had also completely changed his personality because now he was very angry. He was very volatile and violent. He soon started physically abusing Heather, as well as repeatedly sleeping with other women behind her back. And Heather had had enough. She didn't want to put up with this, but also she has a child. She doesn't want her child around all of this. So Heather moved out and started living with her grandmother. And this happened repeatedly. Heather would move out to her grandmother's house. Josh would temporarily clean up, beg Heather to come back to him. He would say to Heather, I'm off the drugs now. I'm going to stay off the drugs. I will be better. So Heather would then believe him, go back and live with him, start their relationship up again. Josh would be okay for a little while. And then he would soon find his way back to crystal meth. Heather would then move out. Josh would beg her to come back. She would. And this would just be a cycle happening over and over again. And it was during this back and forth and this chaos that Heather did fall pregnant again. However, the two of them, Josh and Heather, decided that their lives were just too unstable to bring another child into this world. So when Heather did give birth, the couple decided that the best thing for that child was to put the child up for adoption, which is exactly what happened. And I do think that this was a turning point for the couple. Josh kind of realized that he needed to get his act together. And it was in 2003. Both of them are age 21. They decided that they needed a fresh start. And this is when they relocated from Mississippi to Mariam County in Florida. They relocated because Josh's grandmother lived in Mariam County, Florida, and she was going to help him stay on the straight and narrow. And as soon as they got to Mariam County, it was all good at first and the years passed by and they had no problems whatsoever. Josh did seem to get his life back on track. However, then the couple met a woman called Amelia Carr and everything would go downhill for the couple, but especially Heather once again. So now it is 2006. Amelia is currently 21 years old and Heather and Josh are 20. Now, at this point, Amelia was dating a man called Jamie Ackham. He was also the father of one of her children, and they had been friends on and off since high school, and then they got into a relationship. They had a child, and it was very on and off. They just had a lot of history. And when Josh and Heather first moved to Florida, Josh became friends with Jamie, and Josh and Jamie became really close. They became best friends. And that is how Josh and Heather were first introduced to Amelia because Amelia was dating Jamie and Jamie was Josh's best friend. And the four of them became really close. They started to hang out. Now, not too long after moving to Florida, Heather fell pregnant again. So this would be her third child. Now, unfortunately, this pregnancy drove Josh back to drugs. He went completely off the rails again. And Josh, he became very angry and violent again. And he started to get very angry with Heather because Heather would not sleep with him. Now remember that Heather is pregnant. It's like if she doesn't want to sleep with you, she doesn't want to sleep with you, okay? And because one of the things that Josh was very angry about was the fact that Heather wouldn't sleep with him, Josh started sleeping around. And then all of a sudden, Josh and Amelia started to get very close, which is just so messed up because Amelia is dating Josh's best friend, Jamie. But uh, at this moment in time, 
time, Amelia and Jamie were in one of their off periods. And then very suddenly, a mutual friend of Josh's and Amelia's died in a car crash. So Amelia found out the news about the death of their friend first, and she was the one to break the news to Josh. Now, Josh was absolutely devastated because he had lost one of his close friends in this tragic accident. Amelia was apparently also devastated, and they needed to console each other. And they both thought that the best way to console each other was to have sex. They really basically did use the death of their friend to start an affair. So now Josh and Amelia are sleeping together behind Heather's back and Heather doesn't have a clue. Josh began seeing Amelia almost on a daily basis. He would make so many excuses of why he needed to leave. And remember, Heather is pregnant. He would just leave his pregnant girlfriend at home to deal with everything while he was going off sleeping with Amelia. Heather then gave birth and instead of Josh stepping up and being dad and helping Heather raise their newborn child, Josh would just go off and sleep with Amelia. And this affair lasted for almost a year. And after a year, Heather did find out. And she was absolutely devastated because you've got to realize as well that Heather and Amelia are also friends. They're not best friends or anything like that, but they are friends. She was having none of it. She packed her bags, took her kids and left. She actually moved back to Mississippi. And when this happened, Josh was absolutely distraught because he finally realized that it was Heather that he wanted. He didn't actually want Amelia. He wasn't really interested in Amelia. Josh was the kind of person that always thought that the grass was greener on the other side. And it took for Heather to walk out on him and take the kids for Josh to finally realize that uh, the grass is not always greener. So because he realized that he actually did want Heather, he didn't want Amelia, Josh broke it off with Amelia. And two weeks later, he turned up in Mississippi to try and win Heather back. He begged Heather for her forgiveness. He said that he would never cheat again. He would get on the straight and narrow. He said all of this before. And just like before, Heather took him back. And this pretty much is the beginning of the never ending messy love triangle. So Heather and Josh are still living in Mississippi and five months go by and everything is great. They're in Mississippi, they're away from Amelia. And then all of a sudden, Josh and Heather decide to move back to Florida. Now I don't know whose decision this was, but I have a real strong feeling that it was Josh's decision because even though he wanted Heather. Ultimately, he would always pick Heather. There was just something about Amelia. He couldn't let her go. So I do think Josh wanted to move back to Florida to also have Amelia, but that is just my suspicion. But anyway, they are now back in Mariam County, Florida. Pretty much as soon as he moved back to Florida, he was back on the drugs. He was back drinking. He was now violent. And this led to so many arguments between Josh and Heather. They would be just constantly fights and Heather and Josh split up once again. And what did Josh do? He went running back to Amelia. So now Josh and Amelia are in a relationship, but then it wasn't too long after Heather decided that she wanted Josh back. So because we all know that Josh ultimately is always going to pick Heather, Josh dumps Amelia and goes running back to Heather. It's literally so messy. And bloody hell, we haven't even gotten to the extremely messy stuff yet. Oh no. And it went on like this for months. 
Josh and Heather would be together. Then they would split up. Josh would go running back to Amelia. And then it would either be Heather wanting Josh back or Josh wanting to go back to Heather. So then Josh and Amelia would split up. Heather and Josh would be back together and it would just go on and on and on. At one point, Josh, Heather and Amelia enter into a polyamorous relationship. And then there is even rumors, and this cannot be 100% confirmed, but there are even rumors that Heather and Amelia entered into a relationship with each other. It's like, oh my God, everyone is just getting with everyone. But it seems to me that Josh wants both Heather and Amelia at the same time. However, it's kind of clear that Heather and Amelia are not okay with that. They both want Josh for themselves. So now we get to June of 2008. Heather and Josh are now 26 years old and Amelia is 23. And this whole entanglement has been going on for about two years. And Heather, after two years, she had decided, you know what, I'm done. And she leaves Josh and she decides this time it's for good. I'm not gonna go running back to him. And she quickly enters into another relationship with a man called Ben. And I'm really sorry, there are so many names in this case. So Heather and Ben had first met when Heather was doing some babysitting for Ben's kids because Ben had children approximately the same age as Heather's kids. And they initially started off as friends. And then as soon as Heather and Josh were over, it soon turned into a romantic relationship. Finally, Heather was in a relationship with a good guy. First of all, he met the bare minimum that anyone should meet in a relationship, i.e. he showed Heather respect. He treated her nice. He didn't abuse her, but he also cooked her meals. He took her out on dates. He bought her gifts. He had children and she had children and the children got along and they were this really cute little happy family. Heather was finally in a stable relationship but there was a problem and that was Josh. Of course, do you really think that Josh was just going to let her be happy with someone else? Josh hated that Heather was in another relationship, that it looked like Heather had finally moved on. And Josh became obsessed with Heather and Ben. He actually started stalking the both of them. He would drive past their home at night. He would also threaten both of them individually on different occasions. He would threaten to kill them if they didn't break up with one another. There was even one time that he turned up at the home with a gun, again threatening to kill both of them if they didn't didn't end their relationship. And it's just so crazy to me because Josh is currently in a relationship with Amelia. Now, thankfully, Josh never actually did anything physical and Heather and Ben stayed together. And like I just said, Josh is in a relationship with Amelia, but Amelia didn't seem to mind that Josh was obsessed with his ex. I personally think that Amelia was so obsessed with Josh that she was prepared to put up with behavior like this as long as she had him. So now we get to November of 2008. Heather and Ben have been in a very committed, serious and stable relationship for about five months and everything is great. They are both happy. Josh and Amelia are also still together. However, it was at this point that Amelia falls pregnant with Josh's child. And it was in November of 2008, she's approximately four months pregnant, that Josh proposed 
proposed to Amelia, which is crazy that Josh has now proposed to Amelia because literally only five minutes ago, he was threatening Heather to break up with her new boyfriend. It's like, really? Now the news that Josh had proposed to Amelia soon got back to Heather and Heather, she was hurt. I think it was the fact that Josh was now engaged to somebody else. Heather actually realized that she was still in love with Josh. And I can also imagine that she was probably hurt because Josh never proposed to her and Heather had had three of his children. But as soon as Amelia becomes pregnant with one of his children, all of a sudden he proposes. Heather and Josh have such a long history. They are high school sweethearts. And she's probably hurt that Amelia is getting the treatment that she thought that she deserved. So anyway, Heather starts to reevaluate her relationship with Ben because she's just come to the realization that she's kind of still into Josh. And Heather breaks off the relationship with Ben and she decides that she wants Josh back. So Heather gets in contact with Josh and tells him that she wants him back. And as we know, Josh will always pick Heather over Amelia. So what does he do? Josh goes running back to Heather, even though he has literally only just proposed to Amelia. So Josh breaks up with Amelia. Amelia is pregnant with his child, remember? Josh also asks for the engagement ring back. And then days later, Josh then proposes to Heather using the same engagement ring. I know, I know what the actual hell. You literally cannot make this stuff up. This is what I meant in the intro when I said this doesn't feel real. It feels like the plotline to a drama TV show. It feels like a soap opera up in here. And then one month later, Josh and Heather get married. They get married in a registry office. And then 10 minutes after they exchange vows, Josh phones up Amelia and starts having a friendly conversation with her. I can't. I really can't. But did the marriage get off to a good start? No. Literally days after they got married, Heather and Josh were at each other's throats. Things were just getting worse and worse. There was no honeymoon period whatsoever. Things got so bad that just 10 days into their marriage, Josh held a shotgun at Heather's face and threatened to kill her. Now, I don't know what the situation was leading up to that, but obviously this is getting extreme now. It is getting really out of hand. And I think Heather realized this because she was scared and she called the police. Josh was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a firearm and he was taken to jail awaiting trial. Following this, Heather pawned off her engagement ring, which I don't blame her because that was a cursed engagement ring. And then whilst Josh is in jail, just three days later, Heather enters into a relationship with another man, a man called Jamie Ackham. Now, Jamie has already come up in this story, if you remember. Jamie Ackham is actually an ex of Amelia's. Jamie is also the father of one of Amelia's children. Jamie was at the very beginning of the story when Heather and Josh first moved to Florida, and the four of them, Heather and Josh as a couple, and then Amelia and Jamie as a couple, the four of them would hang out. Do you remember? Well, now Heather has entered into a relationship with Jamie, which is like, oh my God. It's like, can we not expand our social circles? So Josh is sat in jail and guess who visits him? Amelia. 
And Josh was really angry at Heather for landing him in jail. Yeah, you heard that right. He is angry at Heather, even though it was him that threatened to kill her with a shotgun. The audacity, the audacity of this man. So Josh was convinced that Heather had set this whole thing up. I know, how does she set up being threatened to be murdered? Heather had antagonized him to the point where he had to threaten to kill her with a shotgun. And Heather's whole plan was to land Josh in jail so Heather could run off with his kids. Very complicated, very confusing, all BS, by the way. This is just in Josh's mind. So Josh is getting really angry and worked up at Heather because Heather, it's all Heather's fault. Heather has put me in jail. And Amelia is visiting Josh on a regular basis in jail and Josh and Amelia now get back together. It's just so crazy. And this is where it's kind of like a love square because Josh and Amelia are back together. Heather and Jamie are together, but they're all each other's exes. So like I said, Josh is getting really worked up and angry at Heather and Amelia is kind of egging him on because Amelia ultimately wants Josh. She wants Josh for herself and Amelia ultimately wants Heather out of the picture. Amelia would say things to Josh like, you need to get Heather out of your life. Heather wants your kids. Heather is going to take your kids away from you and you will never see them again. You have to do something about this. And Josh is getting so worked up in jail and Josh keeps saying to Amelia that Amelia is the one that he wants. He doesn't want Heather anymore. He now wants Amelia and only Amelia. But there was one problem. Josh was in jail awaiting trial and possibly going to prison. So Amelia and Josh realized that they need to get Heather to drop the charges. And what's the craziest thing about this whole situation is that Heather and Amelia are still on friendly terms. I wouldn't call them best friends, but they're still friendly. Amelia would sometimes babysit Heather's children when Heather needed her to. However, Amelia didn't know that Heather was dating one of her exes one of her baby daddies. And that was soon all to come out. So Amelia started going round to Heather's home and started to try and convince her to drop the charges against Josh. And she was kind of being threatening, but not too threatening. She wasn't threatening to kill her or anything, but she was kind of being intimidating. And it's at this point when Amelia is going round to Heather's to try and convince her to drop the charges against Josh that Amelia finds out that Heather is dating Jamie. And this is the moment where everything changes because Amelia loses it. Amelia actually picks up a knife and she held it to Heather's throat and started screaming and shouting at her that she must drop the charges against Josh. However, in the end, Amelia does calm down and she walks out of the front door. However, Amelia is absolutely fuming that Heather is dating one of her exes, which is just absolutely ridiculous. It's a messy situation, I am the first one to admit that, okay? This is not a good situation for anyone. But the audacity of Amelia, it's like, Amelia, you are dating one of Heather's exes. Why, technically, is Heather not allowed to date one of yours? So Amelia is fuming. She is so angry. She actually starts going around to everyone she knows, friends, family, anyone, and starts offering them $500 if they will go over to Heather's home and snap her neck. Amelia is literally following in her father's footsteps. Because yeah, 
Cast your minds back to the very beginning of this video. Amelia's father put out a hit on her. Remember? Well, now Amelia is doing the exact same thing. She is going around offering people money to snap Heather's neck. And what's crazy is that Amelia even went to Jamie and offered Jamie $500 to kill his own girlfriend. Now, the people that she was asking to go and kill Heather thought that it was a joke. So none of them agreed, thankfully. However, of course, word got back to Heather that Amelia was trying to put a hit out on her life. And Heather understandably was scared. So in the end, she dropped the charges against Josh. And on the 6th of February, 2009, after spending one month behind bars, Josh was now released from jail. And now this is where things take an extremely tragic turn. So Josh is out of jail now and he decides that he wants to see his kids again. So he goes over to Heather's home and this is when he finds out that Heather is now dating Jamie. But not just that, Jamie is now also living with Heather. And then on top of that, Jamie is also driving around in Josh's car. So uh, as you can imagine, Josh was furious because he was like, uh, hang on a minute, you've just replaced me. So Josh was furious. He was ranting and raving. He was also threatening Jamie, saying that he was going to hurt Jamie. You know the drill. And Josh was just saying things like, Heather can't do this. This is all Heather's fault. Heather can't take his kids away from him. And Josh was also saying that he was going to make sure that he got custody of the kids. Now, Heather was furious about this because Josh can't just come into her life and start threatening everyone. And Heather did say to Josh that he was not allowed to see the children anymore until he sorted out his attitude. So Heather has never once said he's not allowed to see the kids ever again. All she said was, fix your attitude. Because in all of this, there are so many children. Because Josh and Heather have two children together. And then Amelia also has three children of her own. And she's also pregnant with Josh's child. So she has a fourth on the way. There are so many children that are being affected by all of this pettiness. But Josh is getting more and more angry. He really is convinced that Heather is going to move back to Mississippi and take the kids with her and not allow Josh to ever see his kids again. And Josh is getting more and more angry. And Amelia is there on his shoulder, egging him on and almost saying, yeah, we need to get her. We need to make her pay. They keep saying things like, we need to take revenge. They need to make Heather pay. And I just can't help but think, revenge for what? What has Heather done? Yes, Heather has been a little bit messy in relationships, but so has everyone in this case. So only nine days after Josh is released from jail, it is so crazy how quickly this escalates. Heather Strong went missing. No one had any idea where she was. On the 15th of February, 2009, Heather did not show up for her waitressing shift. And this was not like Heather at all. She never missed work. And if she ever did, she would always phone ahead. And then to make things even more suspicious, earlier on that day, on the 15th of February, Heather had phoned up Jamie and she was crying. 
She was so distraught. And on the phone call, Heather told Jamie that she had just gotten a phone call from Josh. And Josh had said to Heather that he was coming to get possession of his kids. Heather also told Jamie on that phone call that she had agreed to go and meet Josh to try and figure all of this stuff out. Now, Jamie was very used to the drama that went on between the relationship with Josh and Heather. So he didn't really think too much of it because I can imagine... Heather was probably crying over Josh and what he had said all the time. So even though now in hindsight, this phone call is very suspicious, at the time, it was probably very normal. So when Jamie returned home from work later that night, he was expecting to see Heather. But Heather, the kids, they were nowhere to be seen. Also, a lot of Heather's belongings had also gone. It literally looked like Heather had packed up her things, packed up her kids and left. Jamie tried calling Heather's phone, but she didn't answer. He then tried calling Josh because obviously Heather was going to see Josh and Josh did answer. And Josh said to Jamie that Heather had gone back to him. They were now back together. Heather didn't want to speak to Jamie anymore because she was now with Josh and Jamie should leave her alone. Now again, like I just said, Jamie was very accustomed to this kind of thing. So Jamie believed this. He believed that Heather had walked out and left him. 10 whole days go by and still Heather has not been seen. Josh starts telling everyone that Heather has moved back to Mississippi, that Heather just dropped her kids off at Josh's home and then went back to Mississippi because she needed a break. Now, this was not like Heather at all. And people started to think that this was very suspicious because Heather would categorically never leave her children with Josh for an extended period of time. She didn't trust him. But then word got back back to Heather's family back in Mississippi about this whole story that Heather has gone back to them. And they were like, uh, no, she hasn't. And now Heather's family have been alerted to the fact that, hang on a minute, Heather has been missing for 10 days. So finally, after 10 days, Heather's family report her missing. Now the police immediately start looking into this and the first person that they want to speak to is Josh. Obviously, because he is the father of her children, he was also the last person apparently to see her. And they're also aware of the domestic violence history. So when the police go and speak to Josh, Josh tells them that whole BS story that Heather dropped the kids off at his home and then she went back to Mississippi. Josh even produces a document that signs over custody of the children to Josh and is signed by Heather, which again is so strange. The police are also obviously in contact with Heather's family and Heather's family categorically say that Heather would never do this. She would never sign custody over. However, unfortunately, the police, even though they're very suspicious right now, they have nothing to charge Josh with because they just have this document that has been signed by Heather. What does this mean? But they keep an eye on him, you know? They're keeping an eye on him because it's all very suspicious. And then on the 18th of March, just over a month after Heather went missing, the police were alerted to the fact that Heather's bank card had been used at an ATM. So they immediately checked the CCTV from the ATM. And who was using Heather's bank card? Well, it wasn't Heather. No, it was Josh. And this was enough evidence for the police to go and arrest Josh and bring him in for a proper police interview. In the interview, the police soon realize that there is another significant person that probably plays a big role in the disappearance of Heather, and that is Amelia Carr. So they go over to Amelia Carr's house and they ask her to come in for an interview. 
They're not arresting her at this point. And Amelia comes in voluntarily because, you know, she wants to seem like she's helping out the investigation. And this is where it gets very, very complicated and very, very back and forth. But basically at the police station, they have Josh in one room and they have Amelia in another. And the detective, he's interviewing both of them kind of at the same time and he keeps going back and forth and he keeps trying to get Josh and Amelia to confess to what has happened to Heather. And you can see a lot of the police interview footage, by the way, online if you wanted to go and watch it. And something that I found very weird is that it is the same police station, the same county that did the interview of Amber Wright from the case of Seth Jackson. Do you guys know that case? That is actually a case I've been looking into recently. And immediately when I saw the interview footage from this case of Amelia Carr and I saw her on a leather sofa, I was like, oh my God, that is the same interview room as Amber Wright. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just forget everything that I've just said. But anyway, the detective is now interviewing Amelia and Amelia, she's trying to play it cool. I will say Amelia is pretty convincing. She's a pretty good actress. And I'm here to help. I mean, we've got kids who need both parents. And you know something? This is the time. This is our opportunity because you want to see that baby being born. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. You, know, you don't want something to bite you in the behind if you know something. <laughs> no. Okay. And Amelia is trying to play it cool, saying that her and Heather are just friends. They've never argued. There's no animosity between the two of them. However, the police find out at some stage in the interview that that is a load of BS because they found out that at one point, Amelia actually had an argument with Heather and held a knife to her throat. It then comes to light that Amelia was offering $500 for someone to kill Heather. And you can tell that Amelia is getting very uncomfortable in these police interviews. And this is when they try and go back and forth between Amelia and Josh. And they go to Josh and they say to him, Amelia is telling the truth. Amelia is confessing as to what happened. You now need to tell the truth because she's going to blame it all on you. And then they go to Amelia and they say, Josh is telling the truth. Josh is coming clean. Josh is going to pin all of this on you. You need to come clean and tell us the truth. They are trying to play them off one another. Amelia, she cracks a little bit, but not completely. But Amelia is out to save her own skin, of course. And Amelia insinuates that it's Josh that is behind the disappearance of Heather. And Amelia says that she will come clean about what happened, but she wants an immunity deal, which of course the police cannot offer her because she is a potential murderer. And those police interviews, by the way, with Heather and Josh, they do take place over a couple of days. It's not just one interview. The interviews are actually so long. So then the police start applying the pressure onto Josh. And unlike Amelia, he cracks. I didn't kill her, but I'm just as guilty. You are just as guilty. And this is when we finally start to learn about what truly happened to Heather. So on the 15th of February, the day that Heather went missing, Josh had had enough. 
As we know, Josh seemed to get it in his head that Heather was going to take the kids away from him. And I truly believe that he only thought that because of Amelia. Amelia was really goading him and in his ear. Not that that is an excuse they are both to blame, but I do think Amelia had a big part to play in why Josh was so convinced that Heather was going to take the kids away from him. And Josh decided, with the help of Amelia, that they were going to do something about this. They wanted Heather out of the picture. First of all, they needed to lure Heather to Amelia's trailer. And it's not quite known how they did this. Josh's version of the story is that he lured Heather there with money. However, Heather's family have completely contradicted this and said that Heather wouldn't go there for money, not with how scared she was of Josh. So Heather went over to Josh's house with the kids. The kids were left at Josh's home. And then somehow, again, we don't quite know how, but Heather was taken to Amelia's trailer. Once inside the trailer, Josh and Heather started arguing. And this is when Amelia popped up out of nowhere and hit Heather over the head with a flashlight. Heather fell to the floor and Josh dragged her and placed her on a chair. He duct taped her arms and her legs to this chair. He also placed duct tape over her mouth so she couldn't make a noise. And following this, Josh went on one of his ranting sprees. He started ranting about the same stuff over and over again. All of this was Heather's fault. She was taking the kids away from him. It was her fault that he went to jail in the first place. And this is when Josh pulled out the document signing custody of the kids over to him. And he demanded that Heather sign this document. Now, initially, Heather refused to sign this document, but then Josh started to get physical. And we know that he is a very violent person. He started to threaten Heather that if she didn't sign the document, he would kill her. And he must have been convincing because Heather signed that document. And that is where the story should end. It shouldn't have even gotten to this point, but that is where the story should have ended. Because technically, Josh has gotten what he wanted. All of this, apparently for Josh, is about custody of the children. Well, now he's got it. And this is where Amelia comes in. She starts saying to Josh, well, we can't let her live. Heather would find a way to screw them over again. And Josh agreed with her. They are both in this together. They are both equally culpable. I don't know what came over Josh and Amelia. It's like, how did it escalate to this point? They decided that the only way out of this was to kill Heather. First, Amelia tried to break Heather's neck. She thought that because she was a massage therapist that she would be able to find the right pressure points in the neck and she would be able to snap Heather's neck easily. However, she realizes that she's not strong enough. She can't do it. So then they place a bag over Amelia's head and they duct tape the bag around her neck, trying to suffocate her. But this again, still didn't work. And then finally, and this is just really sick and twisted, Amelia so calmly walked over to Heather and placed her fingers over her nostrils. And that to me is so chilling. Amelia is just stood there so calmly with her hands over Heather's nose. And remember, Heather's mouth has been taped, so Heather cannot breathe. Heather was trying her hardest to fight against this, but it wasn't long until her body just slumped over. Heather Strong had now tragically lost her life. And that is just so sick and twisted to me that someone can just hold your nose and kill you. It's just something so calm. There is just something so scary about that because it's so calm. 
Following this, Josh and Amelia placed Heather's body in a suitcase. And then later on, when no one was around, they buried the suitcase in the backyard. Josh even led detectives right to Heather's body where they buried her. So they now had a confession from Josh. However, what they didn't have was a confession from Amelia. They have no evidence to suggest that Amelia was involved. The only thing they have is Josh's word. And Amelia was a lot smarter than Josh. And the detectives had no idea how they were going to get a confession out of Amelia. And then one day, Josh's sister, Michelle, walks into the police station and says that she thinks that she can get a confession out of Amelia. She didn't want her brother to go down for something that Amelia was also responsible for. So Michelle sets up a meeting with Amelia, but she's wearing a wire. So Michelle and Amelia, they go for a drive one day and Amelia has no idea that Michelle is wearing a wire. And Michelle tries to get Amelia to open up to her because Michelle and Amelia, they were pretty close. So this meeting was not unusual. And Michelle keeps saying to Amelia, I want the truth from you. I want the truth. And Amelia keeps saying that she doesn't want to know the truth. The truth is too painful. But Michelle is like, no, it's more painful not knowing the truth. And Michelle, I've got to say, did amazing under the pressure. And Amelia trusts Michelle and Amelia starts opening up about what happened. I'm not recording this conversation, are you, Michelle? Please. I'm, I'm uh, just trying to understand. He pulled up. I stayed inside for a few minutes like I was told. And he started to tape her to the chair. And he told her, he goes, you know, you've cost me a lot of money. You've cost me my kids. He goes, you've cost me just about everything I've ever had. He gave her a couple times and he said she wasn't going to cost him his kids. And so what happened there? He put a bag over her head. He tried to snap her neck. That didn't work. Well, how would you try to break her neck? That's going to be quick and painless. Amelia admits, and the police are listening, Amelia admits that she was the one that tried to break Heather's neck that they were both in on this together. And this is all the police needed. So Amelia and Josh are now both charged with first degree murder. Amelia is held in jail awaiting trial. And less than one month later, she gave birth in jail and the baby was immediately put up for adoption. Following this as well, Amelia's three other children and then the two children of Heather and Josh, all five of them were placed in foster care. And it just really breaks my heart how many kids get pulled into these cases. And then around 18 months later in 2010, the case finally goes to trial. So Amelia's trial was first. She pleaded not guilty. At her trial, they tried to portray that she was innocent and it was actually Josh that was the mastermind. She was under the influence of Josh. Amelia was also scared of Josh and she was just coerced into going along with this plan. However, all the prosecution really needed to do was play the confession that they had on tape. And the jury found Amelia Carr guilty of first degree murder. Following this, the jury had to decide whether Amelia should be given the death penalty or not. And they voted seven to five that she should get the death penalty. So Amelia Carr, at the age of 24, was sentenced to death. 
A year later, it was Josh's trial. He also pleaded not guilty. However, he was also found guilty of first-degree murder by a jury, and then the jury again had to decide whether Josh should get the death penalty or not. However, in his case, they voted eight to four against it. So Josh was given life in prison without the possibility of parole for the exact same offence that Amelia committed. However, I will point out that it was Amelia that was the one to kill Heather. Even though they both planned it, Amelia was the one that held her hand over Heather's nose and ultimately killed her. So I think that possibly played into why Amelia got the death penalty and Josh didn't. But following her sentence, Amelia went on a campaign trail trying to prove her innocence. She did a number of interviews. She also did a TV interview with Diane Sawyer. And she did that interview with Diane Sawyer alongside Tiffany Cole, which is how I originally found out about this case. Two young women come down the hall waving, smiling together like girlfriend. They are Tiffany Cole, now 33, Amelia Carr, now 30. Do you call it death row? No, we call it life row. It's life row. Mm -hmm. Life row? Mm -hmm. Why? Because we're not dying, we're living. Do you ever think I might be executed? No, you can't have that mentality. Because that means you've accepted you've already this. Died. You've already died. Yeah, you already did. have that mentality. And at the time she was sentenced, she was only 24 years old. And this made Amelia Carr the youngest woman on death row. And I know we covered the case of Krista Pike about six, seven months ago. And Krista Pike was the youngest woman ever to be sentenced to death because at the time, Krista Pike was only 18 years old when she was sentenced to death. However, when Amelia was sentenced to death, Amelia was 24. And at the time, Krista Pike was a lot older, which made Amelia the youngest woman sitting on death row. And this is a title that Amelia held for a very long time. However, in 2017, after numerous appeals, it was decided because the jury didn't unanimously vote in favour of the death penalty, it should be overturned. And now Amelia Carr is facing a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that was the case of Amelia Carr and Josh Fulgham, because that's the thing with this case. Even though they are both equal in this, they are technically a killer couple, most people just focus on Amelia. It's all Amelia. Amelia, Amelia, Amelia. And I do find that a lot with cases that involve a female murderer. The female is always made out to be worse. They are always the focus. And that is exactly what has happened in this case. The difference between Amelia and Josh, though, is that Josh has actually showed remorse after the fact. Not that it makes a difference, but he has shown remorse. He is very sorry about what he has done. And he has taken some ownership of what he has done. But Amelia, she still denies everything. She still claims that it was all Josh. She has never once shown remorse. And to me, this case, they are both equally responsible. Josh was almost the muscle of the two of them. He was the one that was very physical, very violent. But then Amelia was the mastermind. She was the intelligent one. And I don't think either one of them would have killed Heather without the other. But I want to end this video focusing on the victim, Heather Strong. Heather Strong was described as a kind, caring and loving young woman. She had two children who she loved more than anything in the world. She worked incredibly hard to give them what they wanted, and she wanted nothing more than to watch them grow up. Heather was also incredibly close with her family back in Mississippi. They miss her deeply. They were absolutely distraught, as are her children, who no longer have their mother. Heather had so much more left to live for. She was only 26 years old. 
And this case is just so heartbreaking because Heather needlessly lost her life. This whole thing was so petty. And for what? Why did they do it? But like I said as well, it's not just Heather. Her children are also victims in this case and Amelia's children as well. And I just really hope wherever they are, whatever they're doing, they are happy and healthy and are doing well. And that brings us to the end of the episode on Amelia Carr. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Maker. And if you enjoy the show, it would really mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios, and I'll see you all in the next one.